Amen. And you'd get away with it. It would be like, it's okay. Oh, now Pastor Daniel says, take my time. <laughs> Holy Spirit, come this morning. Lord, I yield myself to you. And I ask God that our hearts would be ready to receive and to hear that distractions would be put away, but that we would come and to seek you and to pursue you and to be avid learners and hearers of your word this morning. In your precious name, amen. In December, we spent some time talking about birthing. And we, we looked at birthing and, and Pastor Nelson preached on birthing of destiny and Pastor Daniel on birthing of intimacy and Pastor Sean on birthing of, of friendship. And I preached on birthing of promise and, and then the birthing of the Savior on, on Christmas Eve day. And then a few weeks ago, Pastor Winona shared on birthing of the supernatural. And I believe there is something that's happening inside of each one of you that God is birthing something and it can be different. It doesn't have to be all the same. In fact, it should reflect some of the personality that God has put inside of you and the passions that he has given you. And God is causing a birthing to happen. And then last week, Pastor Daniel shared, and he shared a prophetic word for the church, and he used the term tables turned. And it was interesting because he did not know about the word that Pastor Ariana had a couple months earlier, and, and so when he shared it with, with us, we kind of laughed, especially Pastor Winona, because she knew the context of the conversation. And I believe that things are turning into your favor right now. And Pastor Daniel, he pulled a definition out of turning the tables that literally just basically says when the things and when the tables have been turned, what used to bother you, now you start to be gaining an advantage over. And it wasn't a biblical definition so much as it's Merriam-Webster, but it is a definition that basically people use the term turning the tables, and what that usually means and dictates or shows or pictures is that what used to bother you now doesn't bother you. In fact, you now start turn and you chase that away. It doesn't just mean that you accept it, it actually means what used to bother you now has been turned and you start to push it away. I believe this year you're going to see things that used to be a pain to you, used to be something that would disturb you, something that would maybe cause you to get frustrated or even have moments where you wondered if you were saved or have moments where you just thought, what's going on? I believe this year God is going to take those things and give you the ability to see that table turn and all of a sudden that tide is going to get pushed back and that emphasis is going to get pushed back and you will start to see ground gained over those things that used to be such an overwhelming thing for you now are getting turned and you will actually get territory and gain things because the tables are turned. And this morning I want to share with you just... I, I've had just, I've, I had an interesting week. 
Pastor Nelson chuckles because Pastor Nelson and I were, were like dumb and dumber this week. And, and I'm not going to say who was dumb and who was dumber, but we were both guilty. And uh, well, you're supposed to know what you're doing. Yeah, well, that takes two of us. We had a funny week. You know, sometimes as a pastor, it's not always, I'm not always in cloud nine and flying high, and sometimes my feet are in the, in the dirt and my shoes get dirty. Sometimes. The other times I'm cloud high and, and, and worshiping God and the Holy Spirit, and, you know, I'm drunk in the Spirit all the time. But there are days when I just don't get. Well, this week was an interesting week. My, my well, Tuesday night, Pastor Winona comes in and the well just all of a sudden stopped. She brushed her teeth and then she went to wash her hands and there was no water. And so Wednesday morning, Pastor Nelson and I got up. So the first thing we did, check the pressure switch. Well, that's not working. So we went to the place, got a pressure switch, put that in. It wasn't working. So then we, and we chatted with the Vela, and then we went, and there's a little starter motor inside the house. So we got that, and we took that back to him, and we took the pump out of the well. So we ended up getting a new starter, a new pressure switch, and a new well. All for the tune of about $1,400 which I didn't budget for. But I heard somebody preach a sermon about a week ago talking about restitution. And this, even though I don't believe this was the enemy, because sometimes it's just life, but I'm asking God to restore that sevenfold. So I'm kind of doing the math and going seven times 14, that's like 68 or 98 or like, it's, it's, it's a nicer number than 1,400. So I'm asking God for that. But anyways, I just threw that in to, to let you build your faith. What, is, what has been taken from you? Start turning the tables on it. So anyways, Pastor Nelson and I did all our work. And I mean, electrically, you can only do so much. You put a wire to a wire, a black to a black, a white to a white, and it's fairly straightforward. And then we just put the, well, the pump back down the casing, we turned everything on, and we got no water. So it's like, oh. Well, by this time, I know the guy's name at the store where we're buying the parts. And we walk in. I mean, I'm almost ready to buy the guy a coffee. And we go back to him, and we say, now, there's, is there something wrong? You just gave us a brand-new pump. This isn't its $1,300 question, but is the pump a problem? He, fix, he takes a look at it, checks things, and he says to us, I don't know if you caught this, Pastor Nelson, but he says, let's start at the beginning. He says, and let's check every single bolt. And what does he do? He takes a bolt out. Nope, that looks good. Puts it back in. He plugs everything back and the thing pumps water. And he says, there is never a problem with this pump. There's not a problem with your starter. There's a problem somewhere else. Well, great. Praise God. I'm a plumber. I'm not a plumber. But I'm acting like a plumber. So we go back to the house. We put it back in. And praise God, the Holy Spirit showed me what we did wrong. We only pushed the casing in, the pipe down in its saddle, and we didn't get it all the way in. So when we turned it on, it just kept spraying water back in the well. I mean, it was a dumb mistake. 
Then a couple days later, we got no heat in the house. And I'm not feeling 100%. I was actually having a nap, and Pastor Nelson, God bless his heart, decided to go to the same guy and get a thermocouple for our furnace. So I wake up from my nap, and I go to, to, to help him, and he puts in the thermocouple, and, and it's funny because he takes the thermocouple out, and he goes, this is warm. And I says, it can't be warm. I said, we haven't had heat for two days. He gives it to me, and it's warm. And it's like, okay, that's weird. So we replaced the thermocouple, which I still need to pay him for. And, and uh, we replace that, light up the thing, and it still doesn't start. Now I'm getting a little like, what's going on? What's going on? And then Pastor Nelson says, well, the power's not running. I says, no, it's got it. Everything's, I said, okay, fine. I'll check the power. Like, okay, fine. I'll satisfy you and I'll go. I, said, I go over to the panel and the power's turned off. <laughs> it wasn't the thermocouple. So I spent about two and a half days talking with God going, are you trying to teach me something here? I did not get a great revelation. The only thing I got was what's first? I should have checked the power. I should have checked this. I sh and sometimes I think in our spiritual life and, and think we can get six steps down the road, but we need to check the bolts. We need to check the simple. So I've got a couple verses for you this morning that I want to just share with you. And what I'm hoping to do is I want to rekindle your passion and excitement and your faith to expect God to do something, but not always to expect it the way you think. So if you can turn in your Bibles to Luke 19, I want to share with you three passages. We're going to jump around a little bit. But I, I love reading God's word. And if you come to Solid Rock, Sunday after Sunday after Sunday, you're going to hear God's word. Because faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. You, you get your faith either by hearing God's word or you get your faith by not hearing his word. And when you don't hear his word, the faith is not good faith. You start believing lies. So I want to build your faith this morning. I want to build your faith that God can do some amazing things for you that you would never expect or see or imagine. And what are you prepared to see or to do in order to experience what God has for you? The first passage I want to share with you, and these passages are not necessarily connected But the first passage is from Luke 19, verses 1 to 10, and it's a story of Zacchaeus. We used to sing this in Sunday school. Zacchaeus was a wee-wee man, and a wee-wee man was he. He climbed up in a sycamore tree for the Lord to see. And the Lord went past by his way, and he said, Zacchaeus, you come down, for I'm going to your house for tea. In Luke 19, it says, Then Jesus entered... And I love this. He entered and he passed through Jericho. Now behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus who was a chief tax collector and he was rich. 
And he sought to see who Jesus was. He sought to see who Jesus was. Have you ever seen a miracle or heard about something and you go, I just got to see what's going on. Or I, I heard that, I, I just got to check this out. Well, Zacchaeus is basically a Tom took a look and he goes, I got to see what's going on. I got to see this Jesus that everybody's talking about. And so he, he finds out the direction that he's going, and he sought to see Jesus, who Jesus was, but could not because of the crowd, for he was of a short stature. Being politically correct, we probably would, would say he was height challenged. So he ran ahead and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him. For he was going to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and he saw him. And he said to him, Zacchaeus, make haste and come down, for today I must stay at your house. So he made haste and came down and received him joyfully. But when they saw it, they all complained, saying, he's going to be a guest with a man who's a sinner. Then Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, Lord, look, I give half of my goods to the poor and if I've taken anything from anyone by false accusation, I restore fourfold. And Jesus said to him, Today salvation has come to this house. I find that amazing. Some of the statements Jesus made. I think we need to believe for salvation to hit people's homes. I want to see individuals saved but I want to see homes and houses saved. If you read, you'll actually even find communities were affected. We, some, I, I shouldn't say we, I sometimes sell God so short. Can I believe God for a family to be touched? And Jesus says to him, today salvation has come to this house because he also is a son of Abraham. For the son of man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. And what I want you to see is the pursuit of Jesus in this passage. Zacchaeus didn't let his inabilities or his height or those things that other people said about him stop him from going to see who Jesus was. In fact, what he did was he got very creative and he says, no, if I can't see him through the crowd, I'm going to figure out how can I see him. And he figured out, ah, if I climb up a tree, I'll get above that. What are you prepared to do to get a miracle. Pastor Ariana, you stepped out today. You're going to see a miracle. Because you did something that you don't typically do. Pursuit. What are you prepared to pursue If I could use it figuratively, what tree are you prepared to climb in order to see Jesus? 
And I find this amazing because Zacchaeus was only going to see Jesus. Jesus was, no, you're not just coming to see me. You're going to get salvation. Sometimes what we think we're going to see, Jesus says, no, I've got more for you. Pursuit. That's out of Luke 19. If you can turn to Mark chapter 5. I love this passage because this passage is a miracle inside a miracle. And in this passage, the backdrop is Jesus is going to this fellow's house to see his daughter who is sick. And on the way, this lady who has an issue of blood for 12 years. Whenever you see numbers in the Bible, don't just discard them. 12 years. That was a long time. God can heal you immediately of something. He can also heal you of something you've had for years. Sometimes I think, well, no, I, I've had this condition for a while, so I guess he doesn't want to heal me. I challenge your thinking on that. There's another instance where I think there's somebody who, who was at a place for 38 years, I think. I could be wrong on that, but 30, 38 years, and he got healed. So if we join this story in, Matthew, in Mark chapter 5, in verse 25, and it says, uh, Now a certain woman had a flow of blood for 12 years and she had suffered many things from many physicians. She spent all that she had and was no better, but rather grew worse. Let me stop there for a second. She spent all that she had and she wasn't better. In fact, she was worse. I'm not against doctors. In fact, I thank God for the medical system. My wife and I have seen amazing miracles and are so thankful for it. But I would suggest to you we didn't just see the medical doctors. We also saw the medical king who's a great physician. And sometimes if you're just chasing after what here is on this plane, you might miss the one who is the one who directs and guides and gives the wisdom. I have no problem looking for wisdom from the peers and from those that are trained, but also chase after God. And she had spent everything, and she was no better off. Let that sink in for a moment. She spent all that she had and was no better, but rather grew worse. Maybe some of you have spent all that you have, and it's only gotten worse. And then in verse 27, it says, when she heard about Jesus. I love that. When she heard about Jesus. I'm here to tell you about Jesus this morning. In our worship, the worship was beautiful this morning. And as we were worshiping, what we were doing was we were lifting him up. In fact, the one song was lift him up. Be lifted up. 
And as we're singing that song, what was going through my mind was the Holy Spirit, one of his main objectives is to build up and to glorify Christ. They don't work separate from each other. They work all together. Father, the Son, Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit this morning was pointing us to Jesus, the majesty, the beauty of Jesus. And I was struck with the fact that he did everything for me. I had no ability to rectify the distance and the gap between God and David. And before I was born, 2,000 years ago, Jesus came and he said, no, I will take that gap and I will close that gap for David and for every single one of us here. May we never lose sight. May we never lose the import and the power of that personal relationship that Jesus did and the thing that he did for us. And this morning, the Holy Spirit brought that to my attention. And this, this lady in this passage, is, she hears about Jesus and she comes behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. For she said, if only I may touch his clothes, I shall be made whole. Zacchaeus said, I got to get up into the tree. She says, if only I can touch his garment. And what's amazing about this lady is she was ceremonially unclean. She was supposed to yell out, unclean. When people came around, she was not permitted to be in the regular populace of people. So she was doing something that everybody else said, you're not allowed to do that. You're not permitted to do that. And what did she say? No, she says, there's Jesus, and I'm going to do whatever I can to get close to him. And if I can only touch the hem of his garment, the shoelace, the frill, I don't even have to see his face. I don't even, if I can just touch the hem, if I can just get close enough to him that I'm able to touch an article of his clothing. Can you imagine the expectation and the faith? Who here needs a touch from God? All you need to do is just touch his garment. That's, that's all you got to do is just, I mean, miracles happen in many ways and it can, but, but you can just touch the hem of his garment. And she heard that he was there and she says, if I could just touch the cloth, I may touch his clothes, I'll be made whole. Immediately, I love that word, immediately, immediately. Suddenly, immediately, I believe there's going to be some immediately's in people's lives. When the tables are turned, immediately. Have you ever seen a tug of war? Anybody seen a tug of war? Have you ever been involved with a tug of war? I mean, you look at me. I look for a guy three times my size and I'd be on his side. But a tug of war is an amazing thing that happens because people are pulling and pulling. But it's interesting. It's almost like the table gets turned 
And if you watch a tug of war, all of a sudden they start to lose ground. And once they start to lose ground, they never get it back. And they, instead of just going slowly, they start getting run and they get pulled right over. I believe that's going to happen for some of you. You feel like you're in a tug of war and you're fighting this and all of a sudden the Holy Spirit's going to come and he's going to pull and the table's going to turn because it says greater he is he that's in you than he that's in the world. And she says, if I could touch it and immediately the fountain of her blood was dried up and listen to this. And she felt in her body that she was healed of the affliction. At that moment of time, she hadn't talked to Jesus. Jesus hadn't even looked at her. But she just said, if I could just touch it, I know I'm going to be whole. Be whole. And, and she touches it and she feels in her body. In another passage, it's found in Matthew, it's found in Mark, and it's found in Luke. And I believe in Luke it also says, Jesus says, hey, who did this? And she says, when I touched you, I was whole. I want to challenge our thinking. Sometimes you just need to get in the presence of where Jesus is. Sometimes you just need to get into his presence. Get into his neighborhood. Get around his clothes. Get close to his shadow. Get close to where he is. Touch him. You don't have to run for a word sometimes. I, I, I know people that, oh, I'm just waiting for God's word. To, and I'm waiting for this flash of, it's like a flash of lightning and this to happen just get close to him. Get close to him. If you hear that something's happening in your spirit, do something and get close. I believe in worship things happen. We've had a prophetic word over us that we're going to see things in worship. And what was interesting when that prophetic word, and it was in this house that the prophetic word came, and the prophet stood up here and he says, you're going to see something happening there, but you may not see it over here. And you might see something over there, but you're not going to see. And, and it was almost like there's going to be pockets where God's moving. And what I would suggest to you is when your spirit hears him, be prepared to reach out and to touch him. She knew she was healed before Jesus said anything. And he said, who touched my clothes? But his disciples said, you got to get real, Jesus. There are people all around us. And you're going to say, who touched me? And he looked around to see who had done this thing, but the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. And he said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you whole. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. Zacchaeus climbs up a tree. This woman says, i got to press through the crowd and if I can just touch the hem of his garment. I want to show you another passage of an interesting situation. Mark chapter 7, if you just flip over a page or two. The Syrophoenician woman. I want to stretch your thinking for a moment. 
I grew up in church. I want to ask you a question. You don't have to answer it. You don't have to shout amen. Do you think that you can do things that will change God's mind? Think about that. Well, it's God's will. Do you think that you can do something, display something, say something, behave in a certain manner, pursue in a certain way, that it will actually change the way God looks at that and it will change his mind? I want to show you something here in Mark. The Syrophoenician woman. In verse 24... It says, and he rose and he went to the region of Tyre and Sidon and he entered a house and wanted, <laughs> he entered a house and wanted no one to know it. How can you enter a house when you're God and nobody know it? Anyways, that's a joke. But he could not be hidden. For a woman whose young daughter had an unclean spirit heard about him, and she came and fell at his feet. The woman was a Greek, a Syrophoenician by birth, and she kept asking him to cast the demon out of her daughter. Now listen, just because your child misbehaves doesn't mean they got a demon. Okay, this was more than that. But Jesus said to her, let the children be filled first, for it's not good to take the children's bread and throw it to the dogs, the little dogs. And he's saying, listen, I've come for the house of Israel, and you're not of the house of Israel. You read it in a couple other passages, and that's what he's saying. He's saying, I'm coming for the children of Israel, and you're not part of that group. He was stating where he was going. And she had asked him a few times, and then she answers him in verse 28. Yes, Lord, yet even the little dogs under the table eat from the children's crumbs. Can you imagine having a conversation with God? Because he was God with us. And she says, yeah, but even the dogs eat from the crumbs under the table. You might say you're just for the children of Israel and you're here and I have no rights and I have no uh, grounds to even make this request, but I'm just telling you that even the dogs eat from the crumbs that fall off the table. And, and, and this catches his attention. And he says to her, for this saying, for this saying... For this saying, go your way, the demon has gone out of your daughter. And when she had come to her house, she found the demon had gone out and her daughter lying on her bed. What amazes me is she actually got his attention. Her pursuit got his attention. Her pursuit. He says, yeah, that may be the way it's supposed to be. But God, even if that's the case, there's things that 
that are left over, that are running over, there are crumbs that come. There's, there's things that are missed by some of the people there, and we eat of those crumbs. And he looks and he goes, wow, go your way because what you said. And what I find amazing is he's here, her daughter's some other place, and a demon leaves. <laughs> I thought we had to be present and in front of them. What are you pursuing God for? Zacchaeus, would you climb a tree? I mean, the only time you climb a tree is when you want to catch a squirrel. Climb a tree and act like a nut. Would you climb a tree? Would you press through when everybody else says no? You're not supposed to. Would you go into a place that Jesus is, where God's Spirit is moving and it's going in a certain manner, and would you just say, God, all I need is just a crumb? Just a crumb. I believe, I believe there's going to be some amazing things that happen in solid rock this year. And when I say solid rock, that's you. I mean, solid rock is made up of people. Not pastors, people. And I believe this year that you can grab hold of a miracle that you might have been chasing for 12 years. But my challenge to you is, are you prepared to pursue? And if somebody says, no, that's enough, are you prepared to say, you know what? I'm still going to be pursuing him. I'm still going after him. Are you prepared to say, you know what? I might not see him because physically I can't do this. Physically I can't do that. But I'm going to find something that will aid my inability so that I am able and I'm going to climb a tree, or I'm going to do this. I'm going to... Are you prepared to go in a place where the Spirit's moving, God's, God is, and are you prepared to just take the crumbs that fall off the table? And these three stories to me, and there's many more, but what they show me is sometimes the miraculous, or often the miraculous, is not the way you and I might expect I'm believing for James. I'm believing for James. We've seen healing. Nothing is too hard for our God. The Word says that. He says, is there anything too hard for me? That means if God wakes me up at 1 o'clock in the morning with James on my mind, I'm going to pray at 1 o'clock in the morning with James on my mind. That means if I'm driving the car and all of a sudden his name comes to mind, I'm going to be praying at that moment. Here's something for you. I might even miss a meal. I might pursue him enough that I'm going to miss a meal 
because I'm going after what God has for him. And I'm not talking about just James. We live in a community, Abbotsford. And I've got a passion for this city. I've got a passion for this province, for this country. And, and we can't sit back as believers because if you look at media, the enemy is running around thinking he's got it all. It is time to turn the tables, to pursue, to pursue maybe in an illogical or a, a way that doesn't make sense, but I'm going to pursue after that. Because I believe what, when you pursue, you will get a result. It says, seek ye first. It says, ask and it shall. Seek and you will find. Knock and it will be opened. I'm going to close. I'm going to read you a passage of Scripture in closing. This is a passage that God instructed Moses to tell his, his priest to declare over the people. It's a declaration to speak over and this morning, as, as a pastor in this body, I'm going to exercise some spiritual authority, and I'm going to speak just three, three or four verses over you. And if you go to that passage, you read what happens after the passage is read. It says that the Lord blessed the people. So this morning, I'm just going to pray over you. I, I just want you to close your eyes right now. Just let the Holy Spirit, just let him kind of settle in. Mm. Mm. I see heart softening right now. I see people who have said never rethinking their stance. That's good. I see people who've closed the door. The Holy Spirit right now is he's just he's coming and he's just speaking. Speaking to different individuals. Let him speak to you. Maybe you've written it off. Maybe you've said, there's just no chance. Let the Holy Spirit speak to you. Maybe you said, I'm too young. Maybe you said, you're too old. Maybe you said, I don't have enough money. Maybe you said, I don't have the anointing. You do. Just let the Holy Spirit right now. He's just... Mm. Come, Holy Spirit.
as the as the music's playing, as I just hear the keys, I just see him raining down. He's just falling down with the sound of the music. It's like the raindrops just coming down. We can take another 30 seconds and then I'll pray. I'm just going to ask just the music to play and I'm going to be quiet for 30 seconds and let him just touch you. Thank you, Jesus. The Lord bless you. The Lord keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you. And the Lord be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance on you. And the Lord give you peace.